0: We recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples' continued connection to the land and waters of this country, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded, always was, always will be. (laughs) <laughs>
1: and Michael Lucas Emotion through camp is your favourite emotion Totally This is Emsolation
0: It's like the Fast and the Furious series but for bums
1: <laughs> You're in Emsulation.
0: Well hello there And welcome to M Salation. My name is M Rossiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a maximalist power queen, a neurodivergent magic brain and a podcaster. And together with my best friend since I was 11, screenwriter, Logie and Actor Award winner, Mr Michael Lucas, I bring you this podcast every week. I am also autistic and I have hyperactive, inattentive, combo ADHD. There you go. Just a little bit of extra info, although most of you know that already. Hey, right off the bat, if you're listening to this on February the 16th, the day it comes out, I want to say a big happy birthday to my middle child, Odette Violante Rosciano Barrow. The glorious, glorious unicorn is 16. I cannot believe that this beautiful, you don't, she's, oh, 16. And I know some of you have been with me since she was born. I was on air in Perth doing 92.9 Breakfast. Sorry, my brain just glitched. And um, I worked up to the day I gave birth and then I was taken off to Sir Charlie Gardner Hospital and the glorious Odette was born into the world. The most placid, beautiful. She was just the easiest baby. I cannot tell you. Everybody, when they would, they called her, her nickname was Little Buddha. And I want to share with you my most favourite Odette story and a lot of you know it. When she was in prep, she was asked by her teacher what she wanted to be when she grew up. And it was something that they were going to be putting in the yearbook. And I didn't know what her answer was until I opened the yearbook a couple months after the question had been asked and they'd done their little project about talking about, you know, what their career goals were at five. And I found her grades page and I started reading, George wants to be an accountant. Great, reach for the stars, George. Jenny wants to be a dancer Uh, Mario wants to be a plumber. It's
1: me, Mario.
0: And then I scroll down and I find my daughter's name and the thing that my daughter said that she wanted to be when she grew up. The line read, when Odette grows up, she wants to be a banana. No banana! (laughs) Yeah, we have that immortalised for all of time. I just loved that all the other kids were naming proper occupations and my kid went, nah, fuck you old banana. <laughs> I don't know what she thought being a banana would entail. I don't know how she thought that would play out professionally. Either way, I'm here for it. So happy birthday, my love. I love you so much. I'm so proud of you. She's tall. It's so interesting having a tall child because, look, this won't be a shock to Marcella, but she's a little shorty. Odette's 178 centimetres, like 5'10". And I kind of feel like I'm always walking around with glamorous security. I'm really obs- – because I'm also a shortish power wog. I'm like 170, so I'm not that short, but I'm kind of nuggety. And so when I walk around with this gazelle next to me, it is like I've got, you know, like a, a member of – remember the start of Wonder Woman? You know, the the, uh, the Amazonians? And she looks like a member of Wonder Woman's security squad. It's incredible. <laughs> These are things I think about. We're having some people around. She's going to have like a cool, low key Gav. That's what you do now. You don't have parties, you have Gavs. But anyway, happy birthday, my love. I love you so much. 16. Wow. 16! She's getting her septum pierced straight away. I I told her when you turn 16, you can do it. So she's going to put a septum ring in her face. And I can't say a word because I'm covered in tattoos and piercings. So, (laughs) Hey, on today's show, Michael Lucas turned up in the most spectacular outfit. I cannot tell you. It is an absolute must requirement stipulation that you go and look at our Instagram page at Podcast. His outfit is there. The effort. Now, as you recall, I accused him of not showing up with enough care into his looks. I said he was a gay that had given up. That he looked like a down on his luck like, trucker and I needed more. And then last week he was in Sydney, so he couldn't put in the effort. But this week we were back in the studio together and my God, <laughs> please go and have a look. It's the greatest thing ever. I just, I really wish he would dress like that all the time. And I did offer to go and put on a matching outfit because I did own the purple version of what he was wearing. But we decided no, it was his moment in the sun. And what a moment in the sun it was. We obviously have to talk about Rihanna. And I'm kind of glad we're doing it after everyone else because it's been allowed some air. You know, the news cycle has turned over 55 times on it. And I think you'll be surprised where we've landed. And Michael is concerned that Gen Z wants sex scenes taken out of movies. We won't have it as people who grew up on SBS World movies. <laughs> you know, that was the only way we got to see anything. All that's coming your way. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you especially, please, please, please go and check out the outfit. You must. You absolutely, in fact, pause now and go to the Instagram and have a look at what he was wearing just so you can play along. I think it's really important. Then every time you reference it, you'll get the picture of him in your mind straight away. Oh, we also talk about the amazing speech that Michael gave at Conversations With Men last weekend. Had the entire room in tears. We were sobbing. He was sobbing. It's such a beautiful speech and I hope that you can play it to someone in your life who may be grappling with their sexual identity, with their gender identity, with their identity as a neurodivergent person, just someone who perhaps, you know, needs to know it's okay to feel out who you are and it can evolve over time. It was just a beautiful speech. I get really emotional even just thinking about it, actually. We've put the speech in as well, so you'll be able to listen to it as it happened live. It's a great app! It's a bumper app. All right, play the music. <laughs>
1: Marciano and Michael Lucas, this is Insulation. I'll
0: keep the air conditioning on for you. Thank you. (laughs) Well, Michael Lucas, a vision (laughs) in green velvet glittery leopard print Mm. jumpsuit with incredibly textured sleeves and a green pillbox hat. Mm. You sit before me, purple sunglasses. Mm. I mean...
2: It actually even was better because I did have a sparkly crocodile brooch that sat on the hat, but it just prior to this it broke.
0: Oh, my God. I just... <laughs> Hi, gay. <Gabe. laughs> this is the best you've ever looked, including your wedding day. If
2: only I'd chosen this outfit.
0: Now, this is a spite look. I want it everyone is. to know. It is. There's a, a, spite, a dark yeah. energy. <laughs>
2: This is retaliation.
0: Yeah. A few weeks ago <laughs> I accused Michael of being the gay that gave up, a down on his like trucker. Yeah. And numerous other things.
2: Also kept saying the dirty t shirt. And I was like, that was freshly laundered, all right? <laughs> anyway. Well,
0: clearly you're not separating your blacks from your colours. Oh. And using a I actually don't. Using a specific detergent that you can get to keep your blacks black. Okay. Yeah.
2: No, I have much to learn.
0: Do you not separate your washing? The colours. Do the you put...
2: what, the, I wouldn't put a pure white in. Okay. The rest. All right. So you do have something. Not an animal. Yeah. <laughs>
0: no. That's what separates us. Yeah. So yes. So he's come back full force. But now this is slow down I the
2: gauntlet. Thank you.
0: Now talk me through. Talk me through <laughs> your vision. How you made it come to life. I'm just fascinated.
2: Well, I, I Sam Smith's outfit at the Brits stuck in my mind. <laughs> Which was like basically a balloon man, Mm. incredible Mm. black latex look. Mm. Um, uh, But I must admit, I did not. I have not hand sewn this. You'd be staggered to learn. I am shocked. I went to our favorite costume shop, Rose Chong. Yes, I explained the whole situation. Did you? I did. (gasps) They knew exactly who you were. Really? And I said, yeah. She has a podcast. They're like, well, we know. And I'm like, well, I'm. I've been accused of of not putting in enough effort. So it needs to scream effort. And if
0: I was working in that shop and you came in and said that, I would faint from excitement.
2: Yeah, they were pretty excited because
0: the just the open slather, the possibilities. He
2: he over early on. Oh. He's going, I've just, I like, I. Oh you? no! This
0: he would have been very like, oh my god.
2: Yeah, and he goes c- like, I mean, c- like c- c- go Mary Antoinette, and I'm like, I think it should still look like. Like, it should seem like a really elevated thing that she would never expect me to wear, but that like in some plausible world. Yes. Like, it's not like a full... And he goes, okay, so not like... It's not like it's a costume, on like a stage costume or anything like that. Although no. this is pretty so <laughs> then we set it on, yeah. I said David Bowie at a talk show, in the late, a variety show in the late 70s, and then I also threw out... Um, yeah, Gaga's Kermit suit And also the sparkly thing that Harry Styles wore When he sang As It Was Those were my oh. things And then he raced around and provided several different things
0: What is this young man's name?
2: He was brilliant, I don't even know
0: We must, I he mean, was, I need him to style me He deserves to be thanked I'm not joking mm. I've, You've never looked better <laughs> Have I already said that?
2: Well, it does look like – I think you actually own things that are akin to everything that I'm wearing.
0: I own that entire outfit but in purple and pink. Yeah,
2: Except the right. pillbox
0: hat. Yeah. Oh, no, I have a pillbox hat. It's got a hand holding a cigarette on it. Oh, there I, we go. I actually have it in the studio and I did offer to go upstairs no. and pop it on.
2: For once, <laughs> for one shining time, I want to look at your perfectly fine – but unexceptional. It's fine.
0: It's a silk shirt. It's
2: nice. I'll have you know. Okay, sure. Thank you.
0: It's a lovely silk gorman.
2: Yeah. Uh, but no, you win. Thank you. And I
0: just really want this. I just like, you've always, you've always withheld the type of gay you and I want you to be. <laughs> and I feel like you've done this. You've given me, the, I've had heroin. Oh, How do no. I go back? This is essentially heroin yeah. for me. What you've done with this look.
2: Look, I'd be seeking out some methadone if I were you because <laughs> I think we know what's going to happen. <laughs>
0: Well, you look spectacular. Now, everyone's talking about it. Everyone's having an opinion. Long gone are the days where you could just perform at the Super Bowl halftime show and wait for smash hits to come out next week and there'll be a couple grainy photos. (laughs) Rihanna performed a medley of her greatest hits and she is a fucking hit machine.
2: 14 number ones. Is that true? Yeah. Fourth most in history
0: wow yeah no she's amazing can we run through the halftime set list please do we had bitch better have my money yeah where have you been only girl in the world we found love rude boy i did not expect rude no boy.
2: we because we'd obviously speculated mm-hmm. and we even though we personally love that one and love the video clip we thought that would not make the cut not well, iconic no. enough but we were wrong isn't
0: it about anal sex is that well, song about anal sex?
2: Take it, take it. Yeah, I mean, is yeah. it
0: because no. the dancers were doing a little thing with their hands mm, around their mm. bottom? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I assumed it. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I'm I'm certainly open to it being about, about anal, anal sex.
0: sex. Good for her. Anal sex. I just like to say anal. Yeah. Uh, work, love it. Wild thoughts. Pour it up. All of the lights. Run this town. Now, when you and I were watching, mm. when all of the lights and run this town came on, she's come down off the floating mm. platforms. Mm. She's stepping on. We see the band, and mm. I was. Absolutely convinced we were going to get Jay Z mm. or Kanye because mm. both of them appeared. Totally. And it was she's also
2: really famous for her collabs. Mm. Mm. Like so many. Mm. Paul McCartney.
0: I yes. mean, there's just
2: been so many. Britney on stage once.
0: Yes, it was plausible, but no. Mm. Mm. She did the whole thing solo. We then went into uh, Out of Run This Town, Umbrella, finished on Diamonds, your favorite. Yep. Then obviously she's announced the pregnancy. Best thing I said. Yes. 2.1 seconds as she we saw her, what did I say?
2: Yeah, you said she's pregnant. But then you panicked and said, can we get confirmation on that? Yes. The tension over how to navigate that situation was electrifying because I've been back and rewatched it. And actually, I mean, obviously it's pretty clear. And then also in the first, like, full, like, when it, when the shot widens out, she does sort of trace down on her belly. But she doesn't do, like, Beyonce did a similar reveal but really gave you no...
0: Love on top, yeah, boom, mic yeah. drop.
2: Exactly. And then she did the whole I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant. Look, Rihanna, it was a much more subtle, contained thing. And so, yeah, I mean, you called it really early and we're all thinking it, but we're also in the world where it's like you never assume.
0: No, you You can't. You never assume. Also, she only had a child in May. That's right. That's not even a year ago. So
2: plausibly you're thinking maybe. baby weight. Yeah, baby weight.
0: I'm still carrying baby weight from my 21-year-old. That's right. (laughs) Move on. I still have mm. that that stuff to deal with. Yeah. And I was very staunch on because I was getting hammered by DM. She's pregnant, she's pregnant, she's pregnant. And I was just like, hang on, hang on, pop, 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 pop,
2: pop. Yeah. As we
0: know, the rule is unless the baby is popped its head out of the birth canal and is waving at you, we do not speculate. We
2: do not assume.
0: Unless the person says directly that's right. to you. But I, I knew. I knew straight away. Yeah. But also, if you were carrying baby weight and you're in front of billions of people and you're wearing lycra, you'd just chuck on some Nancy Gants. Like you'd suck it in. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You just would. Not that you should have to, of course, but that's just the unrealistic beauty standards we set for women and we yep. hate them. But don't hate the player, hate the game. So I kind of knew, and she had the safety belt slung under the belly. Yes. I would have, if I was trying to hide baby weight, I would have had it like in the middle, like a corset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that gave it all away. Yeah. I have never, ever in my in my life of following the halftime show seen an intimate more divided on if it was good or not. Yeah. <laughs> we straight away... Straight away started coming. Mm, People mm. Were like, oh my God, that is the best ever. That was incredible.
2: Mm. And then
0: someone else was like, she's the queen of uh, don't give a fuck energy.
2: Yeah. Like, nonchalance. Was- <laughs> yes. So unbothered.
0: Well, Donald Trump uh, weighed in
2: oh. on
0: what's Trump's platform called? Truth. Truth,
2: Truth Social.
0: That's it. Truth Social. Mm. He weighed in. Uh, and and uh, what I like is that Trump tweets like he speaks. Epic fail. Rihanna gave. Without question, the single worst halftime show in Super Bowl history. This after insulting far more than half our nation, which is already in serious capital letters, decline. With her foul and insulting language, also so much for her stylist. <laughs> so <Sorry>, a <laughs> lot to unpack there. <laughs> which foul and insulting language? Because she didn't say, bitch, better have my money. Does he mean no. that i sex? Rude boy. Is that what he means? I don't know. I don't recall any, unless it was something that... I don't know. But do you know what I got? I got some crazed person sending Mm. me a whole Instagram account dedicated to how um, Satan has taken over Hollywood because of Sam Smith's performance at the Grammys because of Dojo Cat's outfit at Paris Fashion Week covered entirely in red Chowalski crystals and now Rihanna wearing all red.
2: Oh, it's clearly.
0: And there's this whole... QAnon situation level conspiracy theory and this woman sent me this entire account set up trying to expose Rihanna as a a, Satanist. Yes.
2: Oh. And it
0: was, they're very well researched. I mean, they're totally Mm. incorrect, but Mm, mm. she was like the third in the trilogy of the apocalyptic horsemen, you know, Mm. like because they had Doja Cat, Sam Smith and now Rihanna all in red. Mm. So that's what people are thinking.
2: Wow. I don't know that she has hellfire energy though, Rihanna. I think she's got more banana lounge energy. Yeah.
0: I just feel like she wouldn't have the energy to attend hell. No. I,
2: think,
0: <laughs> I feel like she could be the door bitch.
2: Maybe. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So what we had was the white hazmat suits dancing around her. Yes. I feel like they were representative of ASAP Rocky's sperm. Oh, what I feel like people are missing is this is the most meta halftime Super Bowl performance of all time, because Mm. I think she recreated the moment the sperm entered her womb to find the egg. Rihanna was the egg. The, okay. the dancing white people were ASAP Rocky sperm. Oh, so
2: she's, like, dancing her way through the conception of the Correct. child that she's actually carrying. About to announce. Yes, yeah.
0: right. And you would imagine the, when you have relations with Rihanna, your sperm would begin dancing to her music. I imagine her birth canal plays mm-hmm. Rihanna tracks the whole time. This is what I'm thinking. I was watching it going, this makes total sense. Like, if I was asked to vividly paint ASAP Rocky and Rihanna's conception internally, mm. not externally, that would be creepy and, like, weird sex tape porn, but if I was painting the scientific side of Conception, I would just Mm. show them, I would just say, watch her halftime Super Bowl show.
2: What does your birth canal play? (laughs) Shaka Khan, I think.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ain't nobody. You would be the door bitch to my birth canal. Okay, so if I'm like...
2: Out of all the reactions to this costume that I would have, I'd never thought that that you would say it looks like your birth canal.
0: You look like the door bitch to my birth canal. Okay. So my birth canal is the entrance to the fabulous club that is my womb. Mm. And before any sperm may enter, you will be standing here in this outfit popping your hand up and asking them what their credentials are. Up, 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 up. (laughs) Before you enter the sacred womb of M and before you try and, you know, race yourselves off to find her wonderful egg, why? (laughs) Why? And not in that outfit, sir. Because you're wearing green. Like, it's the right colour. It's good.
2: (laughs) The code word is, I'm carrying jeans that will make this boy look like a young Harry Styles. And I'll be like, on your way.
0: Well, it happened. My child does look like a young Harry Styles. See, because
2: I admitted the right sperm, clearly.
0: (laughs) All right, so I'm going to put it on you right now. What did you think? Well, I've watched it twice. Okay.
2: Look, we can't deny, and I'm just completely included you, uh, We've had a series of maximalist uh, halftime shows. Correct. I feel like that's been ramping up for about 10 years now. I I actually feel like Madonna, in some ways, was the first one that went like crazy maximalist with all of the screens and all of the guests and all of the stunts and the cartwheels and everything. And I feel like people like Beyonce and Katie and Shakira. J-Lo and Shakira. They
0: had just. I'm trying to give you something with substance, not just us out there shaking our fucking asses.
2: That's right. That's right. Uh, and whereas Rihanna um, stripped a lot of that back, mm-hmm. which is her
0: style. Correct.
2: And there are aspects of it that I like. When I rewatched it, the choice to not do some sort of Lady Gaga jumping from the roof thing, but to start in a close-up of your completely unbothered face is I think is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. But having said that, I can't deny it. I just I just wanted uh, surprises to come. I we I spent the whole time wondering is she pregnant? And then also I was wondering, okay, there's got to be a guest coming. She does so many collaborations and you could see them setting up microphones when we were just waiting and I was waiting for some sort of reveal. I guess there wasn't even a costume change,
0: and oh, in she retrospect, she popped on a little she did. bag jacket. I did
2: think the flying platforms were super cool. So great! One of them was wobbling really alarmingly at one I point. I agree. Yeah. yeah, I mean that would have been fucking terrifying. She
0: kept miming, didn't miss a beat.
2: Look, yes, and so I don't judge miming. I mean, Madge clearly mimed. Of I think. 90%, if not more, of her thing. I think most of them do. JLo, surprisingly. And Beyonce, obviously. No. Not one way. Gaga, I don't think mine died. No,
0: but she also got the Fenty powder. I love plug-in. that touch.
2: Love that touch. Yep.
0: I mean, it's weird. It's like sometimes when
2: she hard committed to the nonchalance, I kind of really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know. And then I was hearing some sort of commentary saying, Is it misogynist that we expect women to just go so. If she was just a male rapper, no one would care that that was the amount of effort that she put in. But I like it. And that tested me but i just can't deny i'm i like maximum effort and you as someone who called your autobiography try hard <laughs> what did you think
0: look Did I want more? Yes, but that's an M problem, not a Rihanna problem. Mm. And that's the important distinction. She didn't owe me that Mm. and she's never given me any reason to believe she would deliver that. Mm. So, therefore, for me to expect that from her is completely unfair. Mm. She delivered a totally on-brand performance. She did it her way. She was completely unbothered. Also six months pregnant. Also still breastfeeding the child she gave birth to eight months ago. Mm. Mm. Like, also, what else? It was... She was on flying platforms. She didn't miss a beat. She... She only half did the curry, but that's her, that's her brand also. Mm. So for me, I'm happy for it. I wish, I think it's fucking badass that she did it pregnant. Oh,
2: that's amazing. What's
0: annoyed me most is the reaction to her being pregnant and people saying, oh, well, no more, no album number two. (laughs)
2: I'm like,
0: bitch, first of all, you don't know that. Secondly, you're selling her short because she's Mm. pulled off Super Bowl pregnant while having a toddler. Yeah. yeah. How do you fucking know? Yeah. Everyone just sit down and let's just let Rihanna catch her Mm, breath. And mm. maybe she's been working on that album that's going to come out. Maybe. But regardless, the unrelenting commentary and opinions on it. I just, in the end, I felt overstimulated and so I'm just happy to put a full stop and a line under it and be like, good for her. Yeah. Fucking good for her. Good for her. (laughs) You know?
2: Is she our official good for her? She
0: fucking is our official yeah. good for her. Mm. Good for this billionaireess who mm. was six months pregnant, has a toddler, got on flying platforms, delivered her undeniably incredible back catalogue of hits, mm. mixed that shit perfectly, made everyone happy, got a song in there about anal sex. Mm. Like, fucking good for her. You know?
2: <laughs> I believe I understand what you're saying, yes. I just, and look, you know... Obviously, uh, people have been agitated as well at all the comparisons between Beyoncé and uh, oh, well, that's just racist Rihanna. Well, it is totally,
0: <laughs> but <laughs> sorry, in actual fact. Like, or oh, the other black woman who's done it. Ah, uh, check yourself. Yeah, dickheads. totally.
2: But um, <laughs> now let me just walk down that path. I actually think, in some ways, I love having. Uh, I mean, they are essentially the two queens of pop music. I yeah. mean, in terms of just sheer album sales, I and... would
0: say queen and princess. Okay. Yeah,
2: but. I love that they're these incredibly contrasting energies of how you can approach it. And I feel like they serve a different need. Like Totally. Like like there is a the the coolness and the effortlessness of uh of Rihanna and the kind of like I'm not gonna raise my heartbeat and also no that just just that trust in I'm just gonna stand here and look
0: Oh the presence you're of the be woman.
2: Mesmeri- yeah, yeah, mesmerized, the pre- exactly.
0: But can we also remember black mothers Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, bow down, bitches. Mm. This, is, this is history. Mm. Twice now. Mm. How many other, like, performers can put all of those things on their resume? Mm. Like, it's incredible. Mm. So I just... I fucking... Good for her. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> okay. On Sunday night. Yes. Well, I attended a scenario called Conversations with Men. Yes. Not a scenario, a show. What would you call it? Spoken, It's not a show. I didn't know what to call it. That's why I said scenario. An event? A
2: spoken word event. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That you were asked to do?
2: Yeah, similar to, you've done a similar sort of thing in the past in the Spiegel tent.
0: Yes. Women of Letters I've done. That's
2: right. Yes. Yes.
0: So what was the premise of this event I attended?
2: You had to write a letter to your childhood self about the man that you have become.
0: Woo! (laughs) Woo! Now, I didn't realise that I would finish the event (laughs) questioning all that I held dear. I had sobbed for 90 minutes straight. (laughs) I couldn't function. I almost had to take Monday off work.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I was pretty drained yesterday too. Were you drained? Yeah.
0: Because I didn't even think about the premise of that and Mm. how 90% of therapy... Mm. and the therapy arms. Talk
2: to your inner child. (laughs) And
0: reassuring them but addressing the traumas they have gone through and now as an adult perhaps you've worked through. Like the the premise, I was so fucking cavalier with the idea when you talk. I'm like, oh, fuck, all right, I'll come. You (laughs) You even put off a bit of a, oh, because we need to hear about men talking. (laughs) I did. I was really turned off. I'm like, oh, great, thank God there's an event where men can talk. (laughs) I was really worried. But I was wrong. I happily sit here and say, Mm. The premise is excellent. Mm. We should have known. Clementine Ford put it on, assisted by Marty Brown, one of my most favourite humans on the entire planet, also Claire Bodech's husband. But I was wrong. Mm. So we got there and um, we were on in the green room and you were a little bit antsy and Adrian, mm. your husband, and I were there to, like, provide moral support.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it was nerve-wracking. I mean, it's a tricky brief. There's no other option but to go per- deeply personal and vulnerable with mm. it. Mm. And, um... And also, yeah, you just don't know how everyone has interpreted it. You only really, you're supposed to get five minutes. I think mine went for about eight in the end. It
0: did, but it was worth it. <laughs> um, and it wasn't the shortest one. And
2: so you really had to pick, um, yeah, you really had to pick a particular sort of angle, I guess, or a particular part of yourself or a particular mm. through line in your life. And as you say, it's like therapy. It's a common thing that people do in therapy. But what you don't have in therapy, firstly, is you don't have like a thousand people in front of you. And secondly, it wasn't that many. How many was it? i
0: ah, just say that.
2: Thousand. Yep. Um, It was pretty big though. I that was looking great. out on a sea of people. Yep. Um, And also you're not actually literally looking at, like I had my niece there, mm. I had you there, mm. I had Adrian there, mm. I had mm. several friends there, mm. Maria Angelico among them. And yeah, it's full on to be talking about something so vulnerable with people who are complete strangers and also people who are the absolute opposite of strangers who know everything.
0: Mm. And there were f- five of you in total. Mm-hmm. And the thing before we get to your speech, the, the man who spoke before you, Kutcha, Aboriginal elder, incredible orator, like just... Mm. When he walks into a room and sits down, you just feel you just feel the energy shift and the universe kind of gravitate around him.
2: Yeah, Ab deliberately said he didn't prepare because what he does is he feels the energy and yeah. then he speaks, which you can imagine I took the diametrically opposed uh, approach. Yes. I had it prepared every single word.
0: Correct, but he did not. He gets on stage... And he said he lets the ancestors speak to him and mm. he, you know, and he, he was incredible. He was. And the picture he had up of himself was a couple weeks before he was stolen from yes. his family. He is a member of the stolen generation. Mm. And even just before he even said a word, the, the image mm. of the little boy on the screen, mm. the last photo he had with his family, mm. the whole room was just.
2: I know. It was so heartrending.
0: He was singing a song to that little boy and giving him back his language and the whole time I'm deeply moved, but about 1% of my brain was also with, oh, 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 yeah. Michael's got to follow this. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And then I dared sneak a look at your husband and Adrian goes, is Michael next? <laughs> and then I said, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then your niece, Kathleen, said, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, like crying and then I'm just lean forward to steal a look at you and the ter- you had the, your face was like you were moved and terrified all at once. Mm.
2: I actually did contemplate whether you know I should just go up and not deliver my speech really? and just sort of say we're here to share stories but I feel like it's important to acknowledge that there is one story that cuts through above all others and it's a story we haven't been telling so I'd, oh. Like, it occurred to me it didn't do that, of course. No, but I'm I glad did you didn't.
0: I'm so glad you didn't because I watched Kutch during your speech and he loved it. Like, he, I really wanted to pay attention to how he was, mm, mm. you know, but he loved he loved you. He loved everyone. He was very mm. involved. So they introduce you. You walk up on stage and we have the speech. Mm. We're going to put it in. Fair warning, it's emotional.
2: It is a mosh. It's really a moche. Yeah.
0: Here's Michael Lucas's letter or... Is it a letter? Yeah, it's a letter. Yeah. yeah. Five-year-old you?
2: To five-year-old me. And the picture, just so you know, I mean, you can tell from what I'm saying. No, describe. It's me. Uh, uh It's four-year-old me, actually. And it's me in a Superman costume that my mum had homemade. So it has like a Safeway shopping bag cut out and an S on the front. And describe and t- your... blue tights and... Hose. Hose. Got- and I have sort of like my hand jutting on my hip. That that was my attempt at a superhero pose. It does look a little bit more RuPaul than Superman but, you know.
0: It's my favourite photo of you. Yeah. Here's a speech. Um.
2: I'd also like to acknowledge that uh, I'm on the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people and pay my respects. I just want to acknowledge my five fellow speakers tonight and and as Kutcher so beautifully put it, the pebbles that they've dropped. Um, It's a real honour to be here with you today. So... um, (laughs) (laughs) Dear four-year-old Michael, firstly, that is a great outfit the tights, that lustrous combed hair, but I think we can all agree the winning element is the Safeway shopping bag that your mother has repurposed as a Superman logo. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm writing to you now at 44. So I'm roughly the age of your dad, your uncle, and their friends. And for you at four, those adult men in your life have already made a pretty vivid impression, sitting wide legged, drinking beer and talking about sport. They all seem to know instinctively how to bowl of devastating cricket balls and powerfully kick footies and you assume you will too. You'll grow up to be just like them because it's all boys too. Not so much in your case. (laughs) Now I'm going to preface this by telling you, four-year-old Michael, because I know you're anxious, this this story does have a happy ending because 44-year-old you is happy and healthy with a brilliant marriage, and there's just a a couple of details about the marriage that we'll get to shortly. (laughs) So the year after this picture is taken is when you go to school. And that's when you begin to deduce that there's, (laughs) there's quite a few aspects of you that aren't exactly what the world wants boys to be. So your profound Superman fixation, that is actually, that's okay. But you'll learn to admit not to admit to anyone your fervent belief that the tr- real hero of that saga is, in fact, Lois Lane. You can love Peter Pan, but not Wendy, Han Solo, not Princess Leia, and just don't, do not play with Barbies. Just don't do it. You prove to be a pretty determined kid, and you see the fastest way to be the kind of boy the world celebrates is to be good at sport. And you really give it a crack. I'm talking hundreds of hours on football fields yelling out kick it to me while thinking please don't please don't kick it to me <laughs> eventually you discover that you are completely 100% devoid of any natural sporting talent so instead what you do is you begin to curate yourself very carefully and constantly to win masculine approval You'll start monitoring everything from the pitch of your voice to the way you walk. It's exhausting and it's anxious work. And still, no matter how hard you try, you can't quite achieve that status you're after of dude or bloke or even one of the boys. The best status you can achieve is unremarkable nerd. So you stick with that for as long as you can, because that's you know relatively safe. Until high school, when your label of nerd starts to become augmented by other words like homo, poof, faggot. And you, you'll know what those words mean because you'll learn really early what gay means because you'll grow up in the, in the shadow of a disease. Both your parents, mom and dad, will spend the 80s and the 90s working at an infectious diseases hospital on the front line of an epidemic and one that seems to target gay men. So the backdrop of your childhood will be your parents coming home from work and chatting about these patients, many of them rejected and alone, some that have support, some dying quickly, some slowly, but all of them, it seems to you, dying. There's one night mum arrives home with a car boot just full of modern kitchen appliances including a microwave which is just deeply exciting to you until you learn that this unexpected Christmas is because one of the men she's nursing is about to die and he he simply had no one at all in his life to give them to except for the hospital staff all of this is Confusing and complicated, and frankly, it's just terrifying. But there is one really simple conclusion: that it just can't be you. You can't be gay or a faggot or a poof because I mean, it's 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 life or death. And despite the occasional teasing, you are you're pretty sure you are not. I mean. You do not relate to Madonna's backup dancers. Vogue may be empirically incredible and maybe you have worn out the VHS of the Blonde Ambition tour, but you are really you're not gay. <laughs> Apart from anything else, you like girls. You find them pretty and captivating and as you move through your teens into adulthood, you realize you like kissing them and even getting naked with them. So you just need to focus on that and nothing else. Which isn't hard, because there's no man that you're, you're attracted to, and, and there won't be. There won't be, there won't be, there won't be, until there is. <laughs> and that first proper, unstoppable taste of infatuation is meant to be this incredible thing in a young person's life. I mean, Beyonce sings a lot of songs about it, and you do know all the lyrics, but not in a gay way, because you also like Coldplay. But for you, for you, that first truly undeniable, unfiltered rush of infatuation, it, it makes you sick. You collapse into a profound exhaustion that is basically your body giving you no choice but to stop because by this time, you'll have spent a quarter of a century curating yourself and really really believing that there is a part of you and maybe even the core of you that would make you impossible to love. Of course, you will learn when you finally give in and admit everything to your family, to friends, that it's, it, was, it was the opposite of that. You will find it's the ticket to love. So you probably have figured out by now that, in fact, you are married to a man legally, which is that's the whole other quite long story. <laughs> But you do have the most remarkable partner, and strangely, it's almost like you're more youthful in middle age than you were in your actual youth. (laughs) You're going to see people around you get more cautious and more conservative as they age. But for you, look, put it this way, just before Christmas, you were on stage with your best friend with peroxide hair, singing like a prayer to an eight-foot-high inflatable penis. (laughs) Uh, The writer... Alexander Leon said, queer people don't grow up as ourselves. We grow up playing a version of ourselves that sacrifices authenticity to minimize humiliation and prejudice. The massive task of our adult lives is to unpick which parts of ourselves are truly us and which parts we've created to protect us. And I look at you, four-year-old Michael, and I, I do wonder who you might have been if you could have strode through life in those tights without shame or self-consciousness. And I wish I I could say that you're not going to lose an ounce of the spark and the joy and the colour of that picture. You are going to, but I can also tell you, you will get it back. Thanks.
0: Okay. well, I'm emotional now again. And also I just want to point out, Imagine if that little boy could see what you're wearing now. It <laughs> no. makes well, me really emotional.
2: Emsolators will would have picked up the reference to the <laughs> Christmas party.
0: The Christmas party was there. Mm. But the fact that you are sitting here now in what you're wearing <laughs> and you tried so hard to be a straight person, I just Indeed. think. And so I'm sitting there watching you as someone who I would claim to know you better than anyone in the world. Mm. And I heard several things. But I had never contemplated. What do you mean? First of all, it never occurred to me that I wasn't the only one masking.
2: Ah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It never occurred to me that you were playing a character in – or did try and fit in?
2: Although, to be fair, though, you mostly knew me in earlier childhood and, and then once it got to the thick of teen years, we were separate. And then when you came back into my life was when that mask started to come away. Yeah. And you contributed. <laughs> I have. In actually quite for you, delicate way. You really did. And I know often delicate is not necessarily a word that is applied to your approach to things, but it really was.
0: No, but I just, that occurred to me that you had also been masking, but also our parents, my mum worked at Fairfield Infectious Mm. Disease Hospital Mm. with your mum. That's how we met just before we started high school. But it never occurred to me that you grappling with your sexuality as a little kid uh, would associate being gay with just AIDS and dying of AIDS.
2: Oh, yeah. I like, just... that's how I learned what being gay was. Oh, my God, yeah. And then, I, knew, I mean, I could I, that section was so much longer. And even just things like, because I just want to, like, it's not like my parents were coming in all bigoted or anything like that. Quite the opposite. But even the way people would speak about it, I still remember, like, other family friends saying, oh, your mum and dad are so good with them. They, re- they really treat them just like they're any other patient. <gasps> like, stuff, stuff like that's really... Makes you think as a little God. kid.
0: I just—it never occurred to me that you would have started realizing. Hang on, I'm gay, and mm. but I can't tell my parents, and because of what they. But also, well, you can't even let yourself let think yourself. That. Yeah. You like
2: mm. poor
0: you. It's exhausting. It's fucking where you mm. were. You, I was what? Were you just on the edge of terror ninety nine percent of the time?
2: Yeah, I was really clenched. I remember ages afterwards when our um, drama teacher. Lynn? Do you mm-hmm. remember Lynn Yeah, I had Lynn? She caught up I caught up with her in my mid-20s or whatever. And then she said, When you're a teenager, you were like a old man, a clenched old man. And I was, you I were. was, because I was cautious. I was just cautious And I also want to be clear, like I I I was, I talk about how I was curating myself. I was doing it relatively I mean, not to people like you successfully, but I avoided the full brunt of, you know, like people that for whatever you know, people that were more overtly um queer in their behaviour in a way that they they copped it so much worse than I did. Like I took the cop out solution of just sort of being a bit quiet. But
0: not a cop out because Well you know, survival. But mm. also when you internalise things you start a war within yourself. Oh yeah. You know, when you try and keep the peace mm. externally, internally, you were like popping off. So mm. while they may have been copying it publicly, privately. Oh yeah. And I didn't really think about that for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's alright No, I'm really sorry And I, again, I get emotional looking at what you're wearing now I'm just thinking <laughs> <laughs> That kid that used to like, dress like Jerry Seinfeld And carry the age, the newspaper to the library and hide mm-hmm. Look at him now I know I'm so emotional <laughs> again Oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, emotion
2: through camp is your favorite emotion. Totally.
0: I just wanted to say again how proud I am of you.
2: Oh, thank you. And
0: I think I really wanted to include the speech because I hope that it gets played to kids, you know, or maybe they're in their car with their parent now, their carer. And I just think it was a really important speech to give because mm. it doesn't only apply to queer people, but can apply to anyone who feels like they've never really got to feel out who they really are. And as you said, which was so great, you're now more in touch with being a kid and having fun Mm. in your 40s Mm. than you were allowed to be. And It's never too late.
2: No. Oh, for me, every decade's gotten better.
0: Oh, I'm so proud of you. Hi, Gay. Okay.
1: M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is is, is, is M. Salation.
0: You bought some content today. I don't,
1: <laughs>
2: don't act so I'm surprised. i so proud of you. I certainly did.
0: Mm-hmm. Go.
2: Well, there is a television series on Netflix called You. Well, hello there. Who are you?
0: Never watched an episode. Never have I. Uh-uh, don't want to. Which is odd for
2: us because it's a sex thriller.
0: But why are we glorifying stalking? It, I know it makes me feel weird in my ethics place. I know, yeah. An actual
2: don't... fact: nothing that I'm saying here is intended to in any way promote the show. <laughs> but it caught my attention because the leading man who plays Ted Sorker, his name's Penn Badgley. I
0: know him from Gossip Girl. Okay, Dan from Gossip Girl. Yeah, he actually ends up being Gossip Girl. Spoiler alert! <laughs> if you didn't know, oh XLXL. wow, yeah, what mm-hmm. a
2: story career. Mm. So, I mean, if. If you have watched the previous seasons, apparently, you know, he was involved in a lot of sex scenes. But if you're watching the current one, you'll see that that has really, really changed. did still... you say
0: it was a psychological sex thriller? Yes. do you have to have sex?
2: You, one so would think. I think that's suck. why people are tuning in for Apparently, there's still plenty of sex with other characters. They've really amped that up. Right. But it turns out he said in an interview, mm. I asked Sarah Gamble, the creator of the show, can I just do no more intimacy scenes? And the reason why mm. <laughs> is because he was recently married. He got married to a fellow actor and a doula, Domino Kirk. And he said, this is what, this is what has caused people to speak so much. Because firstly, can I just say, if an actor doesn't want to do sex scene's completely fine, that's a problem at all. Mm-hmm.
1: But he said Fidelity in every relationship, and especially my marriage, is important to me. And you can't take this aspect out of the DNA of the concept. So so how much less can you make it was my question to them.
2: And so he was framing it that sex scenes were, in some ways for his eyes, infidelity. And it brings up like a whole truckload of responses. Like firstly, it's like, okay, so what all the, all the actresses that you did all the previous sex scenes, are they thinking what we were, what? What was going on in your mind? And then just as a, a wider industry level, someone pointed out that, um, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker was married to Matthew Broderick the entire time she saw Sex in the City. Was that, does it count as infidelity? <laughs> But the thing that has made me so fascinated is it's weirdly – it caused this whole big thing about sex scenes. What are the role of sex scenes? What's happening? And there's been a lot of Gen Z people that have been online sort of saying that they don't like sex scenes. What? Yes, that they find them uncomfortable. Like saying things like, here's one quote, it's unnecessary and also it's so awkward when a sex scene comes on, I feel uncomfortable and if there's anyone else watching, it's really tricky. And then other Gen Z people were saying, you know what's really crazy? If you go back 50 years ago, there really aren't any intimate sex scenes. There used to be a code. And people actively saying, let's bring the code back to make movies more comfortable to watch. And for me, it was just a wild uh, generational difference because for us, without the internet or anything like that, we live those What's, sex scenes. What are we going to do? That's right. That's I, I remember seeing Body of Evidence and Basic Instinct oh, basic. and Fatal Literature. Basic Instinct. You like playing games,
1: don't you? I have a degree in psychology. It goes with the turf. Games are fun. I
2: really thought that that was wow. how heterosexual people had sex. <laughs> I mean, not the stabbing. I knew that that was not on. <laughs> but she can really arch her back. Totally. Like, that, that position is... Yeah, and so I... I and just riveted by the notion of these people have had sex on click click anytime they want and they just want to watch it on their phones or on their... But they, what they don't want to see it in context in a movie anymore. And I don't know that it's necessary, necessarily um, like puritanical because I think that they're probably accepting their in porn. They just want a complete separation. Oh,
0: I just think that would be like... Big mistake. <laughs> Big. Huge. I mean, what would it have happened to Pretty Woman? I feel like 40% of
2: uh, the content on this podcast is sex scenes. It would be <laughs> gone,
0: be out, or it would have to be a separate genre. It would, like, you would have to, it would have to be, and I feel like it would be an interesting kind of experiment to see if you openly said this movie or this series will never have sex. Yeah. Well, the, I, mean, I think the ratings would drop. Oh, I think so. If, but if also, I knew the lead characters who had sexual tension were never going to seal the deal in front of me, why am I investing? Well, as you said, you
2: literally screamed when Selma Hayek and uh, Channing Tatum did a cut to post-coital. Ah! Uh, uh, it was an actual betrayal. But also for you... You, I sense, as much as you have fun with it, you would rather see a seductive sex scene in the context of a narrative that you were completely uh, engrossed in yes. with good performers and everything like that. Like, you would find Magic Mike hot, hotter than if you were watching hardcore porn on I, your phone. I
0: don't really, I don't watch hardcore. The only hardcore porn I've been exposed to is, like, gay hardcore porn mm. because it's often sometimes just got put on when we were, and now I realise how it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, we would just be having a dinner party at one of the boys' houses, and it would just maybe sometimes get put on after. <laughs> I've watched all the anal assassinations, let me tell you right now, Boy. right up to six. Wow. Yeah, what a start It's like the Fast and the Furious series. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile, yeah. Yeah. winning's winning. But for bums. <laughs> A promo line. <laughs> I just think it would be a mistake to take sex scenes out, but you can choose, you can fast forward. But also, if their concern is they're going to feel embarrassed because they're what, watching it with their parents. They said
2: it feels, it's an uncomfortable feeling like you've stepped into a room and there's people making out and you shouldn't be there. And that's the feeling it elicits when they see it in the film. They feel for the actors. And also, having this guy say this, that he thinks it's like infidelity, has made them feel like I can't sink into a sex scene. I mean, anymore.
0: that's wild. What about mm. like. Hyper-violence? What about guns? Well, that's what everyone's saying. What about saying. people getting killed? The, How do you know, feel about like that? Totally, do we need to totally, probably remove
2: totally. all of the killing? No, no problems there. No?
0: Oh! <laughs> that doesn't make them uncomfortable? No. They're fine sitting there watching someone be, I don't Apparently know, decapitated? So.
2: Apparently so. Great! Terrific.
0: But... Well, I think that would be a massive mistake.
2: And you're, you were raised to Gen Z.
0: My Gen Z would riot if sex scenes got taken out of things. <laughs> Look, we don't want to see penetration. No. But we want to see, like their foreplay, getting into bed, like I'm happy to see some writhing with mm-hmm. some tasteful mm-hmm. sheets placed mm-hmm. around the genitalia. So you like
2: some good lighting on it as well. Love
0: some lighting, mm. love some music. Mm. I just think, I don't know, it is very strange. Is it because they've been hyperexposed to sex? I think
2: so. And we were underexposed. I, I, that's, what, that's what I'm going to put it down okay, to. Okay, fine. Because that's the way that I can most empathise with their position.
0: <laughs> good. All right, well. That's it. For us this week, uh, you have done spectacularly. I've never felt closer to you, I have to tell you. <laughs> and I just. The one
2: two punch of Sunday, but then even more so showing up in this green spectacle.
0: Can I challenge you? Mm. We're going to Harry Styles a week from Saturday. Uh, the only. Th- I mean, my. Can you please wear this outfit and i will wear the matching purple one
2: i'm actually gonna say no because it does choke me this particular oh, I, come maybe on. if i can find something akin but this one i this is digging into my throat so it won't be this oh, one
0: poor you are you saying you're uncomfortable because you're being forced <laughs> to dress a certain <laughs> way oh my god what must that feel like every day of my fucking life as i sit here sucking in my guts on camera I just don't know how that would feel. <laughs> well, thank you for the effort. Thank you. You're and thank welcome. you for your speech again. It was thank beautiful. You.
2: It thank you. I appreciate dry it. Eye in the thank house.
1: you for being there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye, everyone.
1: Goodbye. This is Insulation.
0: Well, that's it. Thanks, gang. Wasn't that speech? I know. So great. Oh, goodness. It was, yeah, really good. And, and I think it's going to do a lot of good. I hope that you play it to lots of people. Send this episode to anyone you think who needs to hear that speech. I also wanna put out there, if you would like to become a patron of Emsolation, we are currently in a big period of growth. We wanna be putting out multiple laps a week, lots of videos. And if you feel like you've listened to us and you get something out of us, we've made your day better, we've made your life better, and you can afford a cup of coffee a month, and you wanna support us on another level, you can go to our Patreon and sign up as a patron, as an Emsolator. All the information can be found at our Instagram in the link in the bio. You don't have to but it certainly helps me. I am a, you know, I'm a one woman show, make this thing as great as it can be. So to all our emsulators or who are already signed on, hello, tip of my cap, we see you. And um, we'd love more of you to jump on board. It just gives us a little bit of independence and autonomy and enables me to keep growing this thing that I'm really proud of. So if you can afford, yeah, five bucks a month or seven bucks or whatever you can afford, Maybe you can give up one coffee a month for us. That'd be great. But if you can't, I get it. I totally get it. I see you. All good. Have a great week and uh, we'll chat soon.
1: M Salation with M Rossiano is a Spotify exclusive podcast recorded at Down the Hill Studios, hosted by M Rossiano with Michael Lucas and sometimes her eldest daughter Marcella. Executive produced by Benjamin Wosley. produced by M Rossiano, edited by Ezekiel Fenn. with videos by James Henderson, socials by Marcella Rossiano Barrow, with assistance from Gem Evans, plus cameos from M's dad. Vince. Get the full Emslation experience by following us on Instagram at Emsolation Podcast. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. Join other emsulators at the Emslation group on Facebook. The answer is Harry Styles. If you really want to help us out, you could become a patron of Emsolation. Share this podcast with a friend. Give us a five-star rating and make sure you're following us on the Spotify app by actually hitting the follow button. As always, thanks for listening. And we're excited to chat with you again soon.